Hello, this is Jeff Pedro, owner and lead instructor at Sim Trainer, Dayton area's leader in firearms training, bringing you the first of a weekly series of podcasts of Shooting from the Hip to keep you up to date and informed about firearms and related issues during the UD football season. Our show, Shooting from the Hip, normally airs on WHIO at 2 to 3 p.m. on Saturday. However, during the UD football season, we're preempted. But we felt it was very important to try to keep the gun community up to date with things that are going on. So we're going to be offering uh, weekly podcasts that you can tune into at your leisure to uh, make sure that you stay informed over the next nine weeks or so. Over the next nine weeks, our plan is to bring you at least one main issue relevant to what's going on in the gun community so that you can stay informed. We're certainly going to keep up on legislative issues at the national, state, and local level. In addition, we'll talk about product reviews, upcoming training, anything gun-related. If you have any questions about anything that we talk about during the podcast or if you have any questions relevant to anything gun-related, please feel free to submit it, send us an email at range at sim-trainer.com. That's range at sim-trainer.com, and we'll be more than glad to uh, find an answer for you. We'll respond directly to you and or if it's a, a question that maybe the broader audience needs to hear the answer to or we have um, the opportunity to maybe discuss issues uh, in a broader context, we'll certainly bring it up in a subsequent show. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to devote each week to a, a main topic, and then we'll talk about a, a variety of other topics. But this week, I want to start off, since last week Glock launched the new generation of Glocks, the Glock Generation 5. The Glock Generation 5 was uh, something that, at least for me, it kind of came up pretty sudden. I hadn't heard a whole lot of uh, preliminary information about it. I know that they were talking about Glock getting ready to release, release a variety of different guns. Uh, but the Glock Gen 5 um, series, uh, particularly in Glock 19 and 17, has been released. We were fortunate last week to receive uh, a handful of guns. We've already sold several. We have already got orders placed for several more. Um, just to let our listeners know, maybe you're not aware of it, but the Glock 19 Gen 5 was kind of predicated upon the, the development, submission, and testing of the Glock M series guns that were designed for the FBI and federal agencies that they've now decided to release to the civilian population. The Glock uh, Gen 5, 19, and 17 have a number of features that, uh, well, it, it's hard to say they made a whole lot of improvement because when you already have the gun that is at the top of the list and has been for many years, I, I think it would have been very hard for them to make significant improvements. But the ones they list anyway are as follows. They've said that they've included a marksman barrel, and I joked with a couple of my members yesterday that for those that are experiencing um, a little bit of inaccuracy during the recreational and competitive shooting, then maybe uh, buying the Glock 19 with the new, quote, marksman barrel will, unquote, will solve that problem. And obviously that was a facetious comment, but uh, they claim that it's going to inherit or it's going to uh, make people be able to have tighter groups just by the design and the rifling in the barrel itself. They've also included a more durable finish, which they call or they've labeled their NDLC. I don't know what the letters stand for, but it's a more durable finish that's supposed to um, stand up a little bit better to uh, weather and uh, just the general um, use um, friction and things of that nature that a gun gets uh, over time being used, being shot, being put in a holster, uh, being cleaned and things of that nature. 
They've also included a flared magwell for easier removal of the magazine, easier removal and or release of the magazine. And related to that, they've extended the floor plate slightly in the front of the magazine so that an individual can easier get their finger on the grip. And I think both of those enhancements, the flared magwell and the extended uh, mag uh, floor plate were probably, um, and this is just my guess, was were probably designed for the competitive shooters who want to make those quick um, kind of flawless exchanges of magazines, but um, anything that they do to improve that improve that will also affect recreational shooters or those who are using it for um, self-defense, provided, of course, as we mentioned so many times, that you practice with the gun. They've also included an orange follower in the mag for easier recognition of uh, the number of rounds you might have in the magazine. For example, if you're um, in, in involved in competition or whatever the case might be and you look into your magazine trying to find out how many rounds you have, or in training many times we will have people preload the magazine to um, uh, make sure that they um, uh, have the right number of, of rounds to complete the course of fire. This will certainly make that easier. In addition, uh, sometimes it's difficult for people when they look at the little number indicators on the back of the magazine to determine how many rounds are actually left in the magazine if they're checking it that way. Sometimes it's hard for them to see the back of the round itself and maybe having the orange follower will help them more easily get an idea of how many rounds remain in the mag. They've also removed, I think this is probably one of the, the more significant changes, they've removed the finger grooves on the front of the stock or the grip of the gun to make it more ergonomically suited for a wider variety of shooters. And what I've heard from the Glock people that handle that have shot Glock uh, Generation 4 guns is that on occasion, the middle finger, the top of the middle finger that rests just below the um, uh, the bottom of the trigger guard gets kind of uh, pinched. That's the best way I can describe it. Kind of pinched because it is fixed in that groove and it's locked up against the bottom of the um, the, the trigger guard so that they, it creates some excess friction that causes a little bit of discomfort. Now, I, I can think of uh, two or three people, um, my, my partner on this radio show, Mark, and then also uh, my son, Mark, who runs the day-to-day -day operations of the business. They're both Glock guys and they shoot them very well and I've never really heard them complain about anything concerning the Glocks that they shoot. But um, that is just something I've heard uh, from uh, the, the community, people in the community, other people who have Glocks, and what some of the promotional material has indicated. So that would be something that, that might be an improvement for some people who didn't like those fixed grooves. Uh, ideally, when they put those three grooves on the front of the stock, they're relying on finger size, hand size, to be a certain range for it to be most comfortable. But by removing those, they're claiming that they've removed that uh, potential limitation and make make the gun more comfortable for a wider range of uh, users. And, and just common sense tells me that that's logically the case. My own personal experience with that has been where in years past, I tried the rubber overgrips um, that you put on top of a uh, um, your, your, your stock, your grip, your gun, and some of them had uh, um, finger grooves, and I personally found those to be somewhat uncomfortable compared to the guns I was used to shooting. So I, I find that very likely that could be the case. They've also included an ambidex ambidextrous slide lock release lever. The slide lock and release lever is now on both sides of the gun. In addition, they've made, and this is not really a 
a change because the Generation 4 Glock also had the um, changeable mag release button, which can be uh, set up for either right-handed or left-hand shooters. It's not ambidextrous like the, the Springfield line where by its nature it is um, it sticks out on both the left end or the right side. Um, it, it has to be changed, but they claim that it's easily changeable by the owner provided they follow the the manual's uh, directions for doing so. In addition, they've redesigned and improved the trigger mechanism for what they de- what they've determined to be a smoother trigger management or trigger pull. So, you know, taken in all, when you look at this, uh, when you take an already top of the line product and you enhance it, however, um, they deem to be um, necessary. Um, they can only improve it, I think. And, and since Glock has been a leader in firearms uh, for so many years, and the Glock 19 and the Glock 17 and the 22 and the 23 in law enforcement and civilian uh, populations has been a top seller for as long as I've been in business and before. I can remember back in the late 80s when uh, semi-autos were starting to take hold. Several other manufacturers tried to get in the industry, and, and Glock, once they came on, on the scene, they took control and they've held control of the industry, particularly in law enforcement, uh, since then. So um, it's time-tested and proven. They've got a great product. The Gen 5's now out. We have several in stock. We don't have one on the range program for people to shoot yet. We hope that that'll happen pretty soon, but we certainly have one for people to come in and look at. You can actually look at the gun. You can get a feel for the gun. Um, You obviously... I think what it's going to come down to is this is not necessarily going to be the go-to gun for new shooters because they don't know the differences between Gen 4 and Gen 5. And and my personal and professional opinion, it's going to be more in line with people who are already Glock users that maybe want to go to the next generation. They see some of the improvements as being significant. Or quite frankly, like so many of the Glock uh, owners, when something new Glock comes out, they run out and get it because they know it's going to be good quality and they're just going to add it to their already substantial collection. So whatever the case might be, the new generation of Glock is upon us. Um, the 19s have been released. The 17s are soon to be released. If you're looking to purchase one, we are selling them for $600 plus tax, cash or check price down at the range. We also uh, are taking orders for the 17s, which we have been told are going to be released very shortly. So if you want a Glock 17 Gen 5, uh, we will take orders. Uh, all of what we require, if you're going to order a gun, you have to put $300 down, and then uh, the balance will be due uh, upon receipt of the gun. So we want to make that option available to you. We have a couple left in stock. I suspect they're going to go very fast uh, because I've looked at some of the other retailers in the area and they don't have many of them initially and they're certainly not going to keep them very long because anytime a new gun comes on the market there is, and it's a good gun, and this is top of the line gun, it's going to go fast. So hurry on down to the range and at the very uh, least uh, take a look at what we have to offer and see if the new Gen 5 is something that you're looking for. I want to take the opportunity now to tell you about some uh, training opportunities coming up at Sim Trainer over the next uh, uh, month. And uh, particularly, I want to let you know that uh, we got a special going on in our concealed carry class on September 18th and 19th. That's Monday, September 18th, and Tuesday, September 19th, from 5.30 to 9.30. And uh, we are offering uh, free gun rental and free ammo for anybody that registers 
uh, for that particular session. Again, that's September 18th and 19th, and there are some people out there who don't have firearms, or maybe you you have a firearm, but you're thinking about trying something uh, different. Well, now's the opportunity. We have uh, uh, 40 to 50 guns in our uh, range inventory, and I want to give you the opportunity to try one of those guns, and you're going to get two free boxes of ammo for a savings of 35 bucks. Uh, that's for anybody that registers for the concealed carry class on September 18th and 19th. Both classes run 530 to 9:30 in the evening. And uh, that would be a great kind of incentive for people to maybe stop waiting and go out and get their concealed handgun license and getting the training by getting the training they need and then filing the application. I also want to let you know that we are going to start up uh, offering the Introduction to the M4 AR rifle platform. We had tremendous success with that in the spring into the early summer. Uh, we discontinued it over the summer just because of lack of interest, but we've had several people recently purchase M4 rifles because they're so inexpensive. We've mentioned that now a, it's a buying frenzy, and a lot of people have uh, purchased M4 rifles, and we want to encourage you that if you have one, you need to take the training because in the five, four hours that we spend in that class that will run on September 20 fifth from uh, six to ten you're going to learn everything you need to know about the functional operation safe handling and proficient shooting of the m4 rifle it's quite frankly the easiest weapon system that i teach and uh, it's easiest uh, from the based on the feedback i get from students it's it's the easiest for students to learn so it's just a matter of uh, bringing some issues to a level of conscious awareness and then working you through the various parts of the gun how the gun works and uh, how to make it work and, and then to deal with any problems if, in fact, it malfunctions. But the course is designed to, by the end of four hours, you'll know everything you need to know about handling an M4 rifle. And I want to encourage you to come on down if you haven't already purchased one. We have several in our inventory, probably the most popular right now for from an introductory level. And that by no means... Uh, refers to the fact that this is a gun that's only for people that are going to get a gun and they're going to elevate up to something more expensive. But by introductory, I mean, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get something of good quality. And probably the one that right now that is the most popular is the Smith & Wesson M&P uh, 15 Sport 2. They have a Sport 1 and now Sport version 2, and it's very popular, and we've sold a whole bunch of them over the last year, and uh, we have one in our range program. We have other guns in the range program, too. We have some from uh, DPMS and some from Wyndham. Uh, they're very similar in nature, but I want to let you know for $600, uh, you're going to be able to get yourself a, a very good rifle, and um, you take the training, which costs only $100. You're going to know everything you need to know about operating that gun. So again, the M4, the introduction to the M4 AR rifle is Monday night, September 25th from 6 to 10. You can uh, check out our website at sim-trainer.com and uh, get registered for either the concealed carry class or the M4 rifle class if you're interested. I also want to remind our listeners about a product that we have had for uh, almost a year now, and that's the Secure It line of gun storage devices, uh, safes and um, wall mounting systems so that uh, whether it's a a gun wall room that you might have somewhere in your house or if you're looking for independent storage that's easy to locate, easy to maneuver, easy to um, apply, uh, the Secure It 
gun storage systems are probably the most modular currently on the market. I want to start off by just mentioning the the Fastbox 47. The Fastbox 47 is designated that because it's about 48 inches tall, and it's um, about 6 to 8 inches wide, and it's suitable for a couple of rifles and or a couple of handguns. It's designed to be mounted in the corner of a closet or in the corner of a room or up against a dresser in a vertical position, or it can be mounted underneath a bed um, in a horizontal position. It has a quick access um, digital finger manipulated uh, lock system and it also has a key backup system so you can choose either one but it provides easy access to the gun. I want to remind our listeners that the, the main premise or the main feature of the secure line of gun storage options is it provides, it provides a means for which you can safely store your guns so they're not piled against each other. If you already have a safe and it's a good safe and most of them are and you start accumulating guns what ends up happening when you take guns in and out they rub up against each other they bang up against each other they get nicked they get dinged they get dented whatever the case might be the the combination of the um the grid wall panels that can be easily mounted in the back of the safe along with the the stock bases and the upper cradles with bungees allow you to individually position each of those guns in a vertical position so they're not leaning against the gun next to it. And the nice thing about that is uh, many people probably don't realize it, but the inside of your safes, it's not all steel. There's a concrete-based material that's there for fireproofing and just for durability that will enable you to to drill in, mount the um, the wall panels to it, and then you can attach the um, upper cradle with bungee and the stock bases to that, and you can make yourself a very organized interior of the safe. Now, it also comes with a variety of accessories. There are pistol pegs, there are shelves, there are ammo bins. There are a lot of things that you can add to it to make it totally um, adaptable to whatever it is that you personally need. Now, I want to encourage our listeners to go out to um, secureitgunstorage.com. That's secureitgunstorage.com and take a look at the many options that they have available and see if there's something there that you want. We are the the area's distributor. We cover pretty much the five-state area, all of Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, West Virginia, a little bit of Pennsylvania, and um, we have had a lot of people call us once they become aware of it because it meets the need for people who either do not want a heavy safe that they have to position upstairs, downstairs, in the basement, or in a small area, and they're looking for something that's customized to their particular area, their particular needs. Maybe you already have a safe and you keep that at a central location, but you're looking for someplace where you can store um, firearms, particularly rifles or handguns for that matter, so that they're more easily accessible. Well, the, the Fastbox 40-inch or the Fastbox 47-inch would be perfect for that. We also sell the, the a lot of the, the knockdown 52-inch, and the reason they call it the knockdown, this literally comes in a box, and it's, uh, it, it is heavy. It's probably uh, in total a couple hundred pounds or over 100 pounds for sure. But the nice thing about it, it comes in, it has a front piece, a back piece, two side piece, top and bottom, and you bolt them together, and then you bolt it to wherever you want to keep it in the floor and or the sidewall or the back wall, in a closet, in the corner of a room, um, wherever you want to store it. But the nice thing about that is it stores at least, at least 12 um 
rifles in an upright position in addition to giving you extra peg space where you can put mount some pistols and some different things. So they have a lot of versatility. They have a lot of selections for people who are building a, a, a gun-devoted uh, room. Uh, the wall panels are great because they literally can be mounted to the, to the wall inside the room, and then you can apply the accessories based on your need. We just had an individual order one for her son who, um, when I was talking, I initially talked with uh, the mother, and then I eventually talked to the son, and the son said, this is getting ridiculous. I'm, I'm in- increasing my, my gun collection, which most of us do, and every time I do, my safe is getting smaller and smaller. Well, we know that it's just you're putting more and more in the same limited space. Well, now you got to come up with some options. And some of the options mean, or, not, or some of the options don't necessarily dictate that you have to buy a brand new safe. You just have to look at accessory storage areas. And while we're on the topic of gun storage, I want to remind our listeners that as gun owners, it's our prime responsibility to make sure that our guns are secured and are not accessible by anyone who shouldn't have access to them. That includes kids. That includes other adults who might be curious. That includes bad guys who break into our houses or our businesses, wherever the case is, in an attempt to... uh, to steal what we own. Um, we know that um, many of the guns currently used by criminals are acquired by them being stolen. I just saw a number, um, the horrific situation down south with the hurricanes, um, Hurricane Harvey in particular was what the story I was reading. Um, in Houston, they've already had several gun stores that have been broken into and several guns have been stolen. And obviously those are going to be uh, out on the street and potentially being used in the commission of crimes. Uh, but many of the guns are, are obtained by individuals who break into houses and people either have them tucked underneath a bed in the corner of a a closet or stored somewhere else, and they're easily attainable. So I want to encourage you to take that responsibility serious. Know that you don't have to spend a whole lot of money and just do what you need to do to get gun storage that's going to be appropriate for the situation you have. And um, you can come on down to the store and let Mark or any of our staff members show you the different options. I think when you see them and you see the versatility, you can instantly in your mind say, yeah, I can see where that's going to work in the limited space I have, or that's going to solve the problem of a uh, having to go down a narrow staircase or up several flights of stairs to an upper level because it's not going to be hard to get to that location. So stop on down to the range. We have all of the items that we carry on display at a couple of different displays in the store, and um, we also have catalogs available, and you can go online again at secureatgunstorage.com, and you can look at the variety of options that are out there to see what is going to work for you and then you can make that selection but we have it in stock Um, we have everything that that is currently available by way of what's used in most residential uh, situations in stock and if you have something that you need on a larger scale that you see on their website as a the the regional distributor we can get access to that and have it shipped directly to you so please check it out and see if you're interested I want to take the opportunity now to just talk about a couple of issues relevant to what's going on around the country and and kind of putting a local spin on it. We've heard in um, the recent past that uh, as a result of the tragedies down south relative to the hurricanes, that uh, resources are running out, people are having to flee their their homes, and you need to probably now sit back and look at a security plan, a safety plan, a food access plan in the event that something happens to you. Um, Now, down there, understandably, a lot of the situation was unavoidable. But where we're at, many situations are at least 
uh, predictable and we can do some prior planning. I know in the classic example I give up here in Ohio is that um, over the years, every time the weather forecast says there's going to be an inch, two, three inches of snow in the wintertime, um, people are rushing to the stores and clearing the shelves of all the basic needs. I want to encourage people to start thinking about that right now. Start thinking about getting things in place, making sure you have adequate food storages or food supplies and water and other necessities and keep as much of that on hand as you reasonably can. I have a, a pantry that I keep regularly stocked. I have a lot of stuff. Uh, my kids come to my house and steal my stuff. If they want to make spaghetti, they take a box of pasta and a jar of sauce because their excuse is, well, you already have it, Dad. That saves me the trip, plus you already bought it. Um, I'm okay with that because they're my kids. But uh, I believe that it's necessary to keep a lot of basic stuff. And you can go and you can look at uh, uh, some of the long-term food options options uh, out there by companies like Wise and and several others that are on the market, and I, I have some of that. But I think some of the basic things that you can get at your grocery store, um, I'm a pasta eater, so a jar of sauce when it's on sale, 10 for a dollar, and, and uh, the 11th one free, and the same with pasta, I stock up on that. Canned vegetables provide a lot of options. It provides not only food, but water. Um, so you can think outside the box, but I want you to start thinking about that now. And I know that you look at the t- news report reports of what happened down there and you see the needs and I hope everybody finds it in their heart to find some way they can contribute to the um, uh, the restoration of the people's lives down in the south whether it's donating to your favorite charity be careful make sure you do your research there's a lot of scams going on out there but find the one that's right for you and certainly do that but I want you more to reflect inward and look at what's going to um, how you're prepared. And as far as preparedness, I want to think about how you're going to communicate with your your loved ones. Uh, do you have a designated location where you're going to rally together to make sure everybody's okay if cell phone service goes out or um, you're unable to use other mechanical devices to communicate? Um, you, you have adequate extra resources such as if uh, the electric goes out and you have an electric range, how are you going to cook your food? I recommend you go out and buy some some canisters of propane that you can keep those on hand. Make sure your gas your gas grill is filled or at least has adequate supply so you could do some substantial cooking on your grill. I remember that when uh, we were without power here in Ohio for nine days, here in Ohio, nine days back, I think it was after... Um, the, the big storm that last hit Florida, I don't remember the name, Ike, I believe it was. Um, we were without power for nine days. Over at the range, we were without power for over two weeks. And uh, my neighbors and I got together, and we got out our grills together and uh, everything we had, and we had plenty of propane. And we were able to, as the food started to defrost in our refrigerators, we were able to cook that food and use most of it. And then uh, whatever other food that we had, we shared together, but we had a means to do that. So start thinking about that now. And I know there are people out there who are saying, well, you know, that's not really the best way to be handling this catastrophe. I say that's just another part of it. In addition to providing the assistance to the people down there who were subjected to, uh, you know, the, the worst storm in our history, according to some accounts, and the aftermath and what that's going to bring for many months, we need to start thinking ahead of ourselves because we got to take care of ourselves. We can't rely on the government to take care of us in bad situations. So let this be not a wake-up call, but just kind of a reminder that we need to do many things on our own. And a lot of that pre-planning, I want to tell you another area that some people think about, and that's medical supplies and medications. 
uh, you can go to the store, particularly when stores are having sales on on Band-Aids and antibiotic uh, cream and things of that nature, all kinds of medical supplies, even full medical kits, um, you can get those. I recommend that you seek the advice of some medical people that you might know. Uh, maybe you know a, uh, a physician or a, uh, a nurse or somebody where they can give you some ideas. And there are some pretty ingenious and inexpensive ways that you can develop a pretty functional medical kit and have it available. And don't wait until you need it to try to run to the store, detract from the time you should be devoting to the person who needs the medical attention and trying to find what you need in a hectic situation. These are just some things that I think that the, the events of, of the recent a couple weeks bring to a level of conscious awareness that some people totally overlook and they always think well if it, I'll worry about that when it happens don't worry about that when it happens because think of the the people down there some of them who didn't do anything to prepare um, they hadn't given any forethought to it and now they're in a situation where they can't uh, some of them didn't even have an evacuation plan and again I don't say this to minimize uh, the situation or to demean in any way what's going on or any of the people down there. I just want all of us to start thinking about ways we can take care of ourselves because there are too many people for others to take care of. So we have to take care of ourselves. And I know that my wife has already called out to uh, her sister uh, who's down in uh, the Florida area. And uh, actually, she has two sisters, and they have a uh, um, daughter and grandkids, and they've already started talking about arrangements that are going to probably um, be needed here in the next uh, day or two, because even though they live in the northern part of the state, the storm is potentially going to uh, have some devastating effects statewide. So um, you need to think about those plans. Think about where you're going to go. Think about how you're going to get in contact with each other. Are you going to have a rally point? Think about food. Think about medicines. Short term, medium term, long term. Um, how about having some cash on hand? Another thing, I'm, I'm people that know me know that's one of my one of my issues that I get all bent out of shape over. This generation goes through the McDonald's drive-through line, get a cup of coffee, and they give them a debit card to do it. I'm a cash guy, okay? Uh, I'm old school, grant you. But I think everybody needs to give some serious thought about having cash because back when um, the power was out for nine days, several of the major intersections in my community where gas stations were were unable to pump the gas or sell the gas they had because the electrical grid had so been affected that they weren't able to get power to that particular region. So um, they weren't able to get the gas, and even if they were able to get the gas, uh, sometimes they weren't able to process the credit cards because the credit card system went down. So you got to have cash because cash... Cash is gold in a bad situation like that, so make sure you have plenty of cash on hand so that you can um, make some basic purchases. Um, if not in the stores, maybe you can buy some of the things you need from your neighbors and friends if it's something that you absolutely have to have. So uh, just some thoughts, and I, I want to try, I'm going to try to get some people together over the next several weeks, and I would like to, one of the things I've always been curious about is water purification. When you have access to water, somebody just told me that uh, one of the major sources of water for them is their swimming pool, provided they have the means to purify, the uh, dechlorinate the water. Um, I didn't really think about that, but it 
it makes total sense. But if you've got a body of water sitting there, you can't drink it with the chlorine in it, but there's probably simplified ways and inexpensive devices you can buy that will enable you to utilize that water in an emergency situation. Again, not designed to put um, uh, kind of a a sense of urgency in your mind. Um, There's nothing that I'm aware of that's coming our way other than the remnants and after effects of the storm, which we don't think are going to be nearly as impacting as what they've gotten along the Gulf Coast. But uh, I want to just start you thinking about things that will help you be able to take care of yourself in bad situations so you don't have to rely on other people for every aspect of uh, um, surviving the initial uh, kind of frenzy and then the 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 prolonged effects of whatever situation uh, might evolve. I only have a few minutes left, and I want to just take the last few minutes to remind our listeners that next week, next week's podcast, we're going to talk a lo- about uh, an, an over, give an overview of the NRA's Ladies Pistol Project. If you happen to see the American Rifleman on the Outdoor Channel last night, you know that uh, um, they, they had a special where they talked about uh, some NRA instructors who invited uh, some women to come in and try a variety of guns, talk about women's issues relative to gun selection, shooting guns, and they've got some kind of foundational data. This is no, by no means a definitive study, but the interesting thing here is women, we don't like to classify women separately. However, we need to recognize the fact that women are our largest uh, growing demographic as far as potential new customers, particularly people in need of firearms, people in need of training, and um, they require uh, a special approach, a special approach to how you train them, and uh, you have to be aware of uh, all the relevant issues, and I want to make it very clear that what we're going to talk about next week, we hope to have a lady or two here in the studio to reiterate what it is we're saying, but um, we want to talk about women and guns in general because uh, women are relatively new, even though people like Annie Oakley have been, you know, one of the more more preeminent um, figures in the gun world for for many years, probably over 100 years. Um, There are way more men than there are women, but women are growing in numbers as far as coming, getting involved in the gun community. That brings us to the issue of training. Um, I don't like to separate women from men. However, there are issues that need to be addressed, things such as um, their, their hand strength, their arm strength. Um, are they able to pull the trigger? Are they able to rack the slide? Are they able to handle the recoil? Now, the study talked about a lot of these issues. I think they give some good baseline data, and I'm going to offer the results of the study, but I'm going to also offer you some personal observations of over 25 years of of training, men and women, what I found to be the case, particularly in the last 7 to 10 years when there's been this um, continual up upswing in number of women coming to get gun training and to look for guns. I'm going to supplement that, and I hope to have uh, someone here in the studio who can kind of talk personally firsthand about their experiences. And then I want our listeners out there, again, if you have comments, you can uh, either uh, send an email to range at sim-trainer.com or just go out to our website on the contact tab, click the contact tab, fill in the information, submit your question or comment, and we'll be more than glad to talk about it. So if you happen to listen to this week's podcast and you already have some some insight or maybe you saw that episode and you have some questions you want to answer to some comments you want to add, please send those to us and 
we'll be more than glad to uh, uh, make sure that we we talk about that. We're also going to talk about the preferred guns. Now, in that particular study, they talked about a series of guns that they found to be um, very uh, user-friendly, female-friendly. We have a category of guns that we think are female-friendly, and we'll be more than glad to uh, discuss those with you, and we'll let you add any insight. Uh, We want to talk about the study pros and cons and where we go from here. By no means is a document or a a um, a study like the NRA women did, the women instructors did relative to uh, uh, the ladies' pistol project. Definitive. It's more or less a jump point. A lot of people have talked about it, but there's not been a whole lot of devoted attention. Well, we want this to be a jump point so that we devote some specific time and attention to these particular issues, so that we make sure we're getting what we need to get and everything is where it needs to be. So tune in next week, and we're going to uh, kind of highlight the ladies' pistol project conduct by the NRA instructors. If you want to see a little bit, uh, go to the American Rifleman website, and I think they have their previous episodes available for viewing. It was uh, broadcast at 9 o'clock p.m. on um, September 6th. That was last night, last Wednesday night. And uh, it's I think it's only a half hour, but they'll give you some insight, and it'll give you some perspective into what we're going to talk about next week. So until next week, this is Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip. See you then.